I'm going to be traveling fairly extensively for the next few weeks and have been recently going out quite a little bit outside of the office. And so it's that time to sit down and figure out what I'll be wearing, going to the closet and laying things out and getting packed and doing a couple of different things. It's become a real chore. It's become a real pain in the rear end, to be very blunt with you. And so recently I was on LinkedIn. I stumbled across an acquaintance, a fellow by the name of David Ambrico, who lives in uh, Texas. David and I were acquainted years ago and did some work together. And I've noticed that David is back expanding his business on uh, how to dress for success, focusing a lot of his attention on people that work in the financial services industry, and boy, is that ever needed. And as a result of that, I'll be um, probably connecting with him, hopefully, in the near future. I also have a, an event coming up at my office, a meetup event in which we're going to be talking about podcasting. I'm trying to put together a small group of people that will uh, really share some interesting ideas. I also happened to go recently to the Florida Podcasters Association down in Tampa, a really well-run organization. And the guy who started it, my uh, hats, my, you know, my congratulations, my hat goes off to him. But I noticed that people wear all sorts of different clothing. That evening, I think I was the only one that had a, a uh, suit jacket on. I had a pair of blue jeans. I think I had a white shirt. I know I had a white shirt. And I had a uh, my blue blazer on. I've been amazed as time has gone on how people have changed how they dress. Most people wear blue jeans and t-shirts and polo shirts. And just, I don't think they really think about the image and what they're conveying to people. I'll be going to uh, a network after work event in Tampa coming up on a Wednesday. And on the average on a whole, for the most part, most of the people there have kind of gone from business suits. When I first started, you had a lot of men in business suits. And now you seem to have a lot of people that are wearing their company polo shirts with some logo stitched on. I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing. And I all of this kind of came at the same time. I really didn't expect this morning to do this podcast on dressing, but I noticed that there's an article that appeared in Bloomberg that Goldman Sachs is dumping their style on dress. So I have some experience in that area and I thought I might just take a few moments to really dig into it. And because we'll be talking about different companies and people, we always have to do our opening disclaimers. So let's get that out of the way now. Connecting Dots is a production of Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing. All rights reserved. Rebroadcast or distribution prohibited without expressed written authorization. Connecting Dots is for educational use only. Investment performance is not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This broadcast does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation or needs. Nothing should be construed as an individual recommendation. Always read and all applicable information carefully before making an investment decision. Investments are not bank guaranteed, not FDIC insured, and may lose value. Due to our extensive holdings and that of our clients, you should assume that we have a position in all companies discussed and thus a conflict of interest should be assumed. Now, I began in the investment advisory business back in 1986, and we were expected to wear a a full suit. Okay? You wore a suit and you wore a tie. And the same was true at the uh, police department and um, where I worked previously. And when you were in uh, the burglary bureau or anything upstairs as a detective, you you dressed appropriately. I remember when I saw my very first detective, it was at the Marion County Sheriff's Office, wearing a polo shirt and some cargo pants. And I was just appalled that they didn't have a suit and tie on and that their weapons weren't covered up. We were expected to have our weapons covered up at all times. But this goes back in the 70s and 80s. You can understand it's a long time ago. There 
there were some people at the advisory firm that did wear you you could wear a jacket and slacks and you could miss you know mix match and it put together that was much more common at the police department general investigative bureau uh, GIB burglary and those places you know obviously in in vice and organized crime those guys dressed in blue jeans and God knows whatever you know <laughs> when I was over there we wore all sorts of crazy stuff it's kind of cool but at the same time you're wearing your own personal clothes you had to make sure you had your work clothes so you wouldn't get noticed out and about anyways I digress but one of the things that you went to homicide and you had to wear a nice suit. Your clothing allowance was a little bit higher. I remember the first detective, a gentleman, he was a black fellow who didn't wear socks and he had some very flamboyant jackets and shirts and didn't really ever wear a full suit. But for he fit a need back then. But the dress code has really changed. You know, back in the 1960s, uh, during the Mad Men era, my father, who worked in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s in the uh, transportation industry, retired as a vice president of one of the world's largest trucking companies, he had a whole bunch of black suits. Black suits and white and uh, and blue suits. No pinstripes. My God, no way. Had white shirts, blue shirts, a um, couple of blue shirts, but they're all white. And uh, all the ties were either black, blue, or, or medium, you know, muted red. All the shirts were pressed. They were folded. They were put in thin plastic bags. And dad had a dresser drawer where he had a just a bunch of shirts. When he traveled, he'd just grab his shirts, throw them in the briefcase, and off he'd go. Of course, he always had his black wingtips. I think he had, at one point in time, a pair of dark chocolate brown wingtips, but pretty much standard was black wingtip. The only flair he did, and he didn't expect his other fellows to do it that he uh, had working for him, but he had a white pocket stuffer. Very similar to what Ronald Reagan. You want to know what my dad looked like from years ago? Go look at Ronald Reagan. What he wore is, as president, that's what my dad had. And when you look at Reagan when he was comfortable and relaxed, that's, that was my dad. That was that was a time frame. And then the 60s came along and somebody in the company said, you know, we've lost our way. We got to we gotta loosen up. We got to be more young and hip. And they had these things called leisure suits. Man, that, the old man was, boy, he lost his mind. He struggled with that, never recovered from it. My mother and father, my mother and I used to laugh, dad never recovered from the leisure suit era. I have a Polaroid from years ago. It's a, when Polaroids were actually a big thing. Remember when you took a Polaroid, it cost you basically a buck. Back in the 70s and 80s, that had a lot of money. Anyways, Miami Vice was a popular show at the time I was in law enforcement. I think I was working upstairs and I think I was working in street crime unit. Yeah, I know I was. I was working in street crime unit. I have a picture of me wearing a leisure suit with the, uh, you know, the short sleeves. It's uh, off white. I've got uh, these uh, slip-on shoes that are quite uh, airy and my God, what the hell were we thinking about? Well, in March 2019, Goldman Sachs announced that uh, suits and ties were now optional. And I, I gotta tell you, I found this utterly unimaginable. I, I just can't believe it because years ago, I know of a couple of traders in New York, gentlemen I worked with who, they took their jackets off when they were at lunch. It was at a little deli in New York and it was hotter than all Billy Hell. Air conditioner was out at the place, extremely hot out. They took their jackets off because they were just sweating like football players on a 100 degree day. Anyways, a partner walked by, happened to see them as they returned back to the office. They were met with a, by a security guard and they each had a box for them and all their belongings were packed up. They were fired, terminated right there on the spot. If you worked for Golden Sachs back in the day and you were a golden boy, which one of these fellows was, you were expected to toe the line. You had to have your bespoke, bespoke means custom made, not off the rack, not modified, but actually, you know, fully custom made suits. I've got quite a few of those things. When you gain or lose weight, <laughs> you can only have them tailored so many times. But you got to have your shoes, your tie. You understand that that's just the way it was. When you went out, out of the office, you had to look fine. When you were a trader, you could take your jacket off. That was different. But, um, you know, the days of seeing the movie Wall Street and how they looked there and they were a little bit more sloppy, that's that's not the way it, uh, at least that's not the way it was years ago. So polished and pressed, suit, suited employees, you know, you, is that a thing in the past? I don't know. What it does say is that uh, we've, we've got a widespread change going on in the United States. And although dress codes have been relaxed and they're more 
relaxed than ever. It's really complicated. And I thought that I might go ahead and just put this as a podcast up for Connecting Dots because there's got to be a lot of people out there who are under the age of 40 who are struggling with dress codes. And in my business, from an administrative staff position, there's been times when I resorted to a uniform shirt. I really did. I said, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a uniform. It's polo shirts. And then I went out and bought all these polo shirts for all the girls and guys. And then I went ahead and got uh, um, long sleeve shirts and said, you can wear the long sleeve or a short sleeve. And here's all the different colors and you need to have appropriate matching slacks. And I had to, I had to crack the whip. Why? Because people oftentimes abuse the flexibility they have. They push the limits. You know, there's there's a need for uniformity and professionalism. There's always going to be that. And no matter what the level of formality at all places of work, there needs to be some flexibility. But there's a growing trend in corporate America where it's just, you know, plain slacks and shirts. And it's not like I haven't seen this for years. Like I said, network after work, I rarely see a man in a suit and tie anymore. What you generally see is the uh, corporate polo. And um, unfortunately, I think one of the things you need to think very, very seriously about is that clothing coupled with your demeanor are truly outward expressions of yourself and your beliefs and your lifestyle. And today, a lot of people really resist regulation being told what to do. Of course, as I put in today's blog, unless you wear a uh, Trump Make America Great ball cap, and then you're a punching bag for some of these idiots that don't understand that everyone has a right to express what they want to say and do, but, uh, you know, taking things to an extreme is always just ridiculous. So when setting up a dress code, it's really kind of essential to think about the circumstances. And one of these days, I'm going to get a hold of David, and there's a few other people out there that I'm going to try to get a hold of to actually do an interview about dressing in today's business environment. It's not easy. You know, um, you need to put yourself, your, your best foot forward. Okay, you're you're a lawyer, right? You're a lawyer. I have a law degree. I don't practice and have anything to do with it, but you got to put your best foot forward. You go up to court with jeans and a t-shirt on, that's going to be a problem. At the same time, you're a lawyer and you're going to a creative meeting, the kind of things that I do for a startup, you show up in a suit and tie, could be a problem. You may be very casual. Maybe that's the right thing. Sometimes you just don't know what the hell to do. So in today's Connecting Dots, I'm just going to discuss all sorts of different things like I'm doing right now. You know, mastering the art of adapting to the situation is really what this is all about. You know, when you're both in the office and out of the office, much of what's going on, we're really struggling with, you know, what is the right thing to do? And that's tough. So the key thing, I think, is that, you know, the flexibility of Goldman Sachs, you know, they're resetting the standards. It really shows how the landscape has changed and how Silicon Valley is just absolutely dominating the world. You know, it's just, it's it's huge. But here's the thing. You might say, oh, that all sounds fine. You know, I want to be more flexible. But you have to realize that it's going to require a lot more thought, time, and research and planning. And I know from experience that most people can't connect the dots. Most people don't have the ability to sit down and think things through the actual plan the project management. Now, you know, dressing becomes a project. It really is. You know, I have a stylist, for example, with uh, uh, Tom James. And um, I've had a couple of, of uh, my most recent purchase was a, uh, a jacket. And um, the jacket cost $9,000. It's, it's tailored just to fit me. It's a very high-end uh, material. And I like it. I need to have it tailored. And I have this color coming to my firm in the near future. But um, the problem is, it's the confusion going on out there. You know, in the investment banking world, it's one thing, but it's applying to everything. So reevaluate evaluating what it is you're going to wear. That can be a real risky business as opposed to what I used to do. Get up, shower, get cleaned up, put a suit on. You know, you, I've always had about 20, 30 suits. Okay, just today I wore this one and you kind of have it mix and match. It, you're done. Your shirt, tie, and off you went. I used to always keep, uh, years ago, I used to keep track of what tie I wore in what situation and, and with whom. So I never wanted to wear the same tie, tie twice. Never wanted to do that with somebody. And then I made sure that I would mix the suits up and everything else. And that was really important. I had people who actually would say to me, my God, Paul, I mean, how many suits and ties do you have? 
have very important to have that kind of combination together. And it actually would make sales. Well, you know, you want to look good for you and it's blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, you know, people are saying, well, it's a lot more important to have a trusted professional advisor rather than, you know, being on the stylish edge of things. I don't know about that. Um, I'll talk about that in just a few moments. But here's the thing. Um, if you get it wrong, you got it wrong. I noticed a big change years ago with these early baby booms. You know, people born in 1946 are now 73. So around 1999, when we were doing, uh, I was doing just a massive amount of estate planning, the clients started showing up for appointments and some looked like just plain old-fashioned bums. Oh. And um, it used to be people would dress up to go to their, their appointment with their lawyer. They Some actually would put suits and ties on, um, but not anymore, especially in Florida. I had people show up in flip-flops and, and shorts and t-shirts. And I've had people who quite literally were out gardening and smelled and stunk to high heaven. They show up to uh, do their revocable or irrevocable living trust doing their estate tax mining, especially when the uh, unified credit was $600,000. And what we did here is we methodically sat down and I made a decision. We're going to relax it a lot and we're going to try to figure out what is appropriate. And when we started just wearing dress shirts and uh, dress slacks, people actually said, oh my God, it's about time. Everything was too intimidating. So that's just plain weird because you got to understand the ethos of the workplace have really changed. So you have to have some level of what's appropriate. And my, what I believe is you should start off right away. If you control the event, you nearly need to say right off the bat, hey, this is how we do what we do and kind of set the standard right off the bat. Now, one of the things I do is I kind of have a style that I use and I'll talk about that in just a minute. You are listening to episode 33 of Connecting Dots. Let's take a 90 second break to stretch our legs and pour a fresh cup of coffee. This episode of Connecting Dots is sponsored by Fixed Cost Investing. Fixed Cost Financial is the home of Fixed Cost Investing, the true fiduciary-based registered investment advisor, where you do not pay more or receive less. Visit FixedCostInvesting.com, that's FixedCostInvesting.com today. Do not delay. Do it today. Fixed Cost Investing. It's better, it's simple, and it works. Fixed Cost Investing is the only true fiduciary-based investment advisor approach you should ever consider. Remember, the website is fixedcostinvesting.com. Now, back to today's episode. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? So one of the things I've kind of come to a, um, a use is I'm going to tell you kind of what I do for a business casual. And one of the shirts that I uh, have come across is a company called Untuck It. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T. I really like their shirts. I got to tell you right now. I've had one shirt that really uh, didn't, didn't hold up. It was more of a flannel material. And it just, it just didn't, didn't wear right. But the rest of it done a really good job. 
But it's a favorite of mine, and the reason is because a lot of shirts, men's shirts, if you don't tuck them in, um, they don't look right. These, they've done it right. They have it designed so that you can wear the shirt untucked and you look okay. And when you need to tuck it in, you can do the same thing. Now, when I travel, again, I'll usually wear an untuck it shirt. And I also have a dress shirt that uh, I have several custom shirts that I'll just keep. And again, I can always throw that on as well. By the way, when you're out traveling, uh, you need to go someplace, go to a hotel, walk in like you uh, have a, a room and go down the, the lobby. There's always a restroom right off where they have the uh, dining area and just, they're always cleaner. Don't go to McDonald's or Burger Kings or any of those kind of places. You just find a hotel. They're, they're, they're always a whole lot. It's like when you're traveling and you've uh, you got to go to the restroom and you really need to sit down and uh, do business and it's going to take a while. Don't go to these uh, truck stops and all that. Go to a hotel, walk in. <laughs> there are places a hundred times cleaner and, and you won't catch things that uh, might uh, cause you to get uh, the uh, bubonic leg. So again, I, I like Untuck It. I don't get paid for any of this. I like that shirt. We don't take advertising, none of it, but I really do think it's a, you, you definitely should consider doing that. Now, again, when I'm in my office, I do a lot of video conferencing. So I'm seated, right? All you're going to see is my, my, my torso. So I can wear just about anything I want slack-wise. I can blue jeans. You could even have, uh, hell, I guess I could even have uh, shorts and flip-flops if I wanted. So, but here's the thing. When you're out in public, it's got to look, it's got to look good. It's really got to look good. There's a guy by the name of David Britton. And he's got a company called Buffalo International. He created it back in 1972. And so for blue Blue jeans, I've had a really tough time. You know, you're talking about a guy who, when I was at my biggest, I had a 62-inch chest, 30-inch waist, and I'm long-legged, and my hips are, I have, I'm really low-waisted. Trying to find jeans that fit, forget it. Blue jeans, it just aches. So a lot of people are wearing blue jeans, and boy, I've found that these things work really well. They're Driven, I think, are the brand that uh, I, I acquired. So those, 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 you know, you got a pair of blue jeans, okay, so they're not outlandish. They're not all those damn holes and everything in it. You get away with it. Nice dress shirt. Okay, blue jeans. And you couple that with a nice uh, blue blazer. You're wearing your Rolex. And I'll give you a real quickly on when it comes to shoes. Cole Han, H-A-A-N, Han, if you want to do it. They have this thing called Zero Grand. And they have these wingtip Oxfords. And I've got to tell you, <laughs> even though you think wingtip, they're really cool. These are leather, but they have holes in it, like deck shoes. And you can wear some nice colorful socks with the thing. So a lot of times what I'll do is when I'm out traveling, I'll have a white shirt for the morning. I have a blue shirt, especially a button down for the afternoon. And in the evening, I'll change to a black shirt. Yeah, you actually have to mix things up. You know, years ago, I used to carry cowboy boots in the back of my vehicle because I did a lot of work with uh, ranchers and uh, farm owners in Florida. And sometimes it just made sense to do that. I mean, I literally would have a formal set of clothes and just everything all across the board. So it depends upon the culture of what you're working with. So I do this with my clients because I want them to feel comfortable, but you don't want to do things that intimidate people. Now in business, you know, your your people are your biggest asset. And I think you just have to, you have to sit down and say, look, you got to balance your knowledge and creativity and you've got to set a presence. Now, with all that said, one of the things I find really hard to get used to is law enforcement. I've seen these guys on uh, live PD, for example, and people that, oh, these law enforcement officers, especially these sheriffs and a lot of these uh, city police departments where they've got tattoos and piercings and massive beards. And you compare that to the old fashioned law, you know, law enforcement officer from years ago, you know, looked like, you know, we all looked years ago, kind of like uh, Norman Rockwell, the guy sitting at the counter 
Connor, we weren't big and, and heavy set like that. We were all in great shape, but geez, today they look like G.I. Joe commandos with rifles, and I think they carry grenades and rocket launchers. So difference between 30 years ago and now is huge, but it's that, you know, what is what is the image that you're sending? There's a reason why cops wear uniforms. They have the badge. They, you know, we used to wear hats because it made you look taller. Now they don't do that, but everything is relative, and you got to think it through. So basically, when it comes to men's clothing in particular, we've kind of gone like, well, women's clothing. You mix and match things now. The women have different skirts and, and tops and jackets. Again, what used to be, well, it's kind of a casual Friday, which means you wore a, a blazer and a and tan slacks instead of a suit. Now that's kind of like normal everyday attire. It goes back to Steve Jobs. You remember Steve Jobs, right? He had his favorite tennis shoes, he had his blue jeans, and he had his mock turtleneck. Elizabeth Holmes, the fraudster that created Theranos, you know, she talked real low like this. Her voice isn't that way, but she did it to try to impress people with her low talking voice. And then she dressed like the female Steve Jobs. She She's a real something else. So now we have just basically boundless number of changes that are available out there. So in this edition of Connecting Dots, what I've really wanted you to do is to think about connecting your own dots. There are men out there uh, like David Ambrico and others that offer uh, seminars and workshops and will help talk you through how you need to dress for your particular situation. And you ought to do it. I mean, some people out there just look like morons. Financial planners, for example, today, you know, they're like Sears and J.C. Penney's. Financial planners are like the old J.C. Penney's and Sears. I got to start talking about that. They're just completely out of touch. You know, and I know that it just takes a little bit of common sense. You got some experience and understanding. You need a specialist. You don't go to a podiatrist when you have a heart issue. You don't do it. Yeah, they're both doctors. You don't go to a psychiatrist when you've got cancer. They're not going to treat you for that. They can help you in your brain. And they're, they're a doctor like the podiatrist or the cardiologist or the thoracic surgeon. But just because you have the MD doesn't mean you know what the hell you're doing. You know, time is money. You sit back and you're trying to figure what to what to do. Look, in 1975, when the book first came out, a book by the name of John, uh, let's see what it was called. It was written by John T. Molly, M-O-L-L-O-Y. It was Dress for Success. Gosh darn, I just looked him up. He's uh, born 1937 and still alive. You know, he was a self-proclaimed wardrobe engineer and his advice was based upon, as he said, 15 years of extensive research. If you read that book today, you'd laugh because it's, again, it's changed. But his advice was very unusual because what he would do is show drawings to people and get their perceptions and the impact of different clothes. I mean, it literally was one of the most influential books of the day. It set a standard. But there are there are rules that do continue today. Rules from that book. Now, yeah, e-commerce is out there. Digital marketing is out there. Social media is out there. But there are some rules that, that don't change. There are things that are just out of date. Financial planning, Moronville, out of date. Sears, Pennies, Kmart. These companies have come and gone. It just, it's it's like Woolworths, WT Grants. These They're dead. They didn't keep up. But when you have e-commerce and digital marketing and all the social media fields, just to name a few that didn't exist 40 years ago, they're, they're really ushering in a lot of changes where casual is now the default setting. But that doesn't mean anything goes. So when in, the old saying is, uh, you know, don't just open your mouth and let anything spew out. Sometimes it's best to keep your mouth closed and let everybody think you're stupid rather than to open it up and prove that you're stupid. Your clothes speak for you, okay? So you might be quiet, you might be reserved, but you look like a moron. You might be brilliant at your job, but no one listens to you. You're a real hell of an asset to your company, but you're sloppy. You're underdressed. You go to professional business meetings, nobody pays attention to you. And you, oh, why? I don't understand it. Oh, you blame it on your youth. No, it's not your youth. I'm a guy who doesn't discriminate against anyone for age. I've met some people who are so much younger than me and so much smarter, and I will listen to them and follow them all day long. I'm not stuck in that kind of course crap, but it's not because you're inexperienced or youthful, because you look like a goddamn bum. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg can wear a 
hoodie and jeans and be taken seriously, but you're not Mark Zuckerberg. And he wasn't taken seriously for a long time. Then look at Sheryl Sandberg. I'm not a big fan of Facebook. Don't get me wrong, but it's a good example because most people know. Show me a photograph where she's not quote unquote stylish. She has business jackets, sleek skirts or pants on, solid color knit dresses, white shirts. She has cardigan sweaters. She dresses appropriate. And then you got Zuckerberg. He's a savant anyways. He's got problems in life. He's brilliant. He's a hell of a business, but that, that dude's weird. Nobody would have done what, maybe maybe he's brilliant. Maybe he's just brilliant. He, he'd set a standard and got attention. But when it came to business, yeah, follow what Cheryl does. You want to always dress for the client. And that's something I want to share. You know, years ago, I went to a meetup event for entrepreneurs in Tampa at the University of Tampa. And when I showed up, I had a suit and tie on because I had business meetings. I had a young college student that was there with everybody else. And he made a snotty comment. Well, geez, if I know it was formal, I would have dressed up. And he looked over at me and everybody else there had uh, dress shirts on and, and slacks or polo shirts. And it was a, an appropriate business meeting. But this kid showed up in, in uh, shorts and he had just come from the gym and he looked like a, you know what? It wasn't because of him. I, I, I He actually contacted me looking for money for his, his VC. I, he wanted venture capital money. I didn't even return his call. Wouldn't wouldn't do it in any way, shape or form. He's just an ass. I didn't go back to any more of the meetings because the guy running the meeting didn't have the fortitude to take control of the meeting and say, well, this is for everybody. You know, this fellow over here, Mr. Truesdale, obviously is in business, but we don't have a dress attire, so it was comfortable. And he should have come up to me and said, I apologize for that guy. That's one of the things that if you're running one of these meetup meetings and you you don't handle yourself appropriately, I'm not coming back. That same thing happened in Gainesville. There was a business owner's meeting up there and uh, same thing. Guy made the same kind of a comment. He was, uh, he's a like a repair dude, has his own business and uh, made a snippy comment that was really inappropriate. The guy hosting couldn't control it. But again, you know, you have to dress for the appropriate uh, situation. Take realtors. You know, if you're selling office space for a Fortune 500 company, you're not going to show up like you might dress for selling a residential home in uh, Williston or uh, living or uh, uh, Live Oak, Florida. You're not going to show people in the villages are going to dress different than they dress, for example, in the West Shore area of Tampa. You have to dress for the occasion. Again, if you're in New York City and you're going to try to sell me on a, uh, a high rise and you're, you have t-shirt on and blue jeans, I'm probably not going to do business with you. Take lawyers. You know, the conservative suit and tie is appropriate for certain settings, but maybe it'd be a put off for a jury. You never know. There's a whole science to this thing. But the bottom line is simply this. The world changed when it comes to clothing. I think you're going to see more people default to a brain dead activity. Just wear a, a pair of slacks. And if it's jeans, make sure it looks nice and just put on the company polo shirt and uh, we'll just go with that. Sadly, uh, that's probably the trend for most people going forward. This has been episode 33 of Connecting Dots. Thank you for listening. Please visit our sponsor, Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing, at fixedcostinvesting.com. That's fixedcostinvesting.com. We got love that will never need to hide. Love will always rise above. Whatever comes, we will be just fine. If I am yours and you are mine. Take my hand and let's fly away. To another galaxy Hold me close, I want to feel your love Together we are free Just be with me Just be with me Just be with me Now we're one with the sun over our heads And at night we'll be the stars We 
can go any place that we want to I don't care if that's too far Take my hand and let's fly away To another galaxy Hold me close, I want to feel your love Together we are free Just be with me Just be with me Just be with me All rights reserved. Reproduction prohibited without written authorization.